Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Mortgage Marketing Podcast with me, your host, Ash Borland. And today we are joined by the wonderful Jonathan Mills. Guys, this week, this is not a mortgage broker. Like, that's like a really kind of thing. Is this one? <laughs> we don't have a mortgage broker this week. We've got Jonathan. Jonathan, welcome to the show. We obviously know each other before. I'm going to, I normally do reading the intros and stuff, but the reality is um, I'd rather get the guests to introduce themselves because no one cares really about my intro. <laughs> um, so Jonathan, for the people listening to this, who are you? What do you do? And um, yeah, how did you get into it? Uh, Jonathan, my name is Jonathan Mills. I've got lots of different names depending on which um, which background you, you knew me from. Um, I am uh, from a sporting background. I used to uh, momentarily play uh, professional sport, professional football. Um, and uh, I've been... A lot of my, well, since I was 18, I've basically been a business owner um, and I've had sort of multiple different businesses. And in the last couple of years, we've set up a community called Ascend360, which um, to kind of encapsulate it is basically we're a, a community focused on taking people from owning a job to owning their own business. That's mad. And so for... um you work with a lot of brokers. We were chatting about this before because yeah, um, you, your well, you work with Ross. You and Ross are business partners. Ross hasn't been on the show yet, even though he's been told a million times to come on. So I'm glad you got on here before him. Um, but you work with a lot of brokers because you work with people from um, Dan Reddish's New Age Advisor course. That's correct, isn't it? So people understand yes. the context behind why we've got a business coach and yeah. like on the on the podcast. <laughs> Absolutely, hundred percent. So what I wanted to do is ask you, we've got some, like you, I saw your presentation at the new age advisor. It kind of really, I was really impressed by it and um, made a load of notes. Always makes me feel uncomfortable when business coaches get on because they're saying <laughs> things I know um, I should be doing and don't. So it's one of the <laughs> scenarios yeah. I felt the same as, and I all know you're good at it. So I was like, Oh no, but I wanted to bring you on because the stuff you um, said there really kind of resonated with me. And I know mm. it resonated with the brokers in there. So I wanted to kind of, we're going to dive a bit deep into it in this, in this chat. We're going to talk about also what you offer, but one of the things I asked you when I said, please prepare topics and you were like, <laughs> or like what topics did you suggest? And I know right now you might not know, but you said here, the shit that most people, most business owners don't tell you about owning a business. Now I know you're looking going, I can't remember why I said that. And by the way, everyone always does the same thing. They yeah, write something know. really profound and then they're like, <laughs> I don't know, but I'd love to know whatever you thought about them but now what do you mean what do you think when you when you're saying the shit that most business owners don't tell you about owning a business well i think the first thing is we're we're we're, um, we're in a, a day and age where um you know instagram facebook all that type of stuff and generally you only you very rarely do you actually see the 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 kind of the grind that goes on in in the background and um i think that's that's a little bit that's a bit dangerous to be honest, because again, you know, every man and his dog, if you like, wants to, wants to be a business owner and an entrepreneur. And the reality is that, that that's dangerous because in many cases, you know, most people should just go and get a job. Um, and there's nothing wrong with, with having a job, uh, especially if you enjoy what you do, like just do that. That that's, that's, uh, that would be sort of that, that piece of, um, advice yeah definitely 100 percent um you know we live we live in that that era where you know instagram social media just just ruined a lot of stuff um i think the the one of the other things as well is that 
it can take a long time to actually start making money. And I think people, most people don't understand that majority of businesses, you know, it, it can take years. Um, and you you need to, one, sort of mentally be pre- pre- prepared for that uh, that sort of time lag. From a, from a financial perspective, you need to be able to deal with that. But mentally, you need to be able to, to deal with that because it does take time. Um, my One of my education businesses that was the second one that I had, that took, it was actually three years until we until we drew any money out of that business. It's not, it doesn't shock me. And I think there's loads of things just to dive in on. So both of those, first one being um, the thing about it's okay to be an employee. I yep. find that quite funny. I, I like, I'm glad you said that because I remember speaking to somebody um, about this where I feel like there's a real romanticizing of um, being self-employed right now. And often when people ask me how like friends, families, they're like, oh gosh, yeah, you're so good. You're, you're being, you know, you've got a business, you're doing all this stuff. And the reason why I explained to a lot of people, I don't know if you, if this is you or not, Jonathan, but for me, I was like, no, I'm not doing this because I wanted to do it. I'm doing it because I was unemployable in regards to like, I just, most people who are like true, not so much, I hate the word entrepreneur, even though it is mm. entrepreneur, but it's this, like a business owner is a lot of people I've met. They're like, I can't function in that framework. And yeah. it, I always end up with disciplinaries or being moved or being told I'm out, you know, stay in your lane. I think, Guilty. is that the, yeah, that's what I found is the most successful people. It's like, there's no other option as 100%. opposed to, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, guilty. Uh, you know the, what? What comes with being an entrepreneur as well is, and the bigger you get, is it's responsibility. You know, you, you are totally and utterly accountable for your own actions. And you know, we go through. I've, I've been through phases where I've not slept because because I'm having to you know sort of think about what's coming down the road. And it's quite often that that is related to you know, I mean, in particular with like COVID um, as an, as an entrepreneur, then that, you know, that, that was a tricky time because we just didn't know and we, we couldn't control that either. So, so I think it's important to understand that there are downsides to that and you have to be, and I don't really like the word because I think a lot of people use this at the moment, but like resilient, you know, you have to kind of be resilient and understand that you might not always make money. You might lose money. You know, you, you, you're going to have sleepless nights. Um, you're going to, you're going to come up against challenges. You're going to deal with staff. I mean, staff is the biggest challenge in any organization, um, from, from my experience. So yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of understanding that there'll be highs and lows and you, you, you're going to have to be, um, resilient enough to be able to, to deal with those highs and lows. And I think something that you said when we were, when we were in our um, call, you're talking to Jenny and I had, I had the exact same experience and was going through at the same time is this, this idea of, um, like you saying about these different things, these resilience, why I found being self-employed and I mean, Jenny, the same thing was like tax came along and bit me in the ass. That Mm. was another one. Like when you start doing well, like when you're, you know, self-employed and you're hustling and there's not much is happening and you're in that normal kind of bracket, but as the business starts to do well with it, is that more money, more problems kind of scenario where, and I think, that was something that um, I even remember that happening and being like myself. I mean, I was talking to Jenny about it going, I now I understand the easy, like it seems easy when you're doing, when you're self-employed and you're just starting out and maybe you make like 20 grand, 25 grand. And you're like, Oh, that's not too bad. I'm going to do self-employed. But as you start to get into like real, you're like, wait a minute, this, I can see why it's easier maybe to be employed at this point because I don't have to deal with it. It's the, it's a, it's a weird scenario. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think what, what there's, there's, a, there's a journey that happens and um, what, what tends to happen like very loosely, there'll be different connotations of this, but in my experience, you start out as a, as a, as a, a solo entrepreneur or as a business owner and you've, you, know, you will either you know, not do very well or you'll absolutely fly and, and it just kicks on and, and you get traction and it feels great. And that's relatively easy. You get to a point in which it becomes quite busy and you have to start to kind of delegate some stuff out and you might, um, you might get a, an accountant or a VA or a PA, you know, whatever that is. Um, and then when you get to sort of two or three people, um, it actually becomes trickier and it becomes trickier because if you, you kind of, you kind of not big enough to, you're not big enough to, 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 to grow any bigger quickly, but you're reliant on the, on that, that team of employees. And if you lose like one of three, that causes you a major issue. Um, so then you, you kind of have these growing pains and you, you figure it out, you lose a few members of staff, you then add, you get a bit bigger and you get to sort of, I don't know, maybe six or seven staff. And it's relatively manageable at that point because you're, you're able to to kind of look after these people and you're making decent money and all that type of stuff. And then you have this thing where you're like, Do you know what? I want to be bigger now. And, um, and w- what, what then tends to happen is that there's another set of growing pains because you're then not being as hands-on. You've got to delegate stuff out. You've got to trust people. You might have a, a decent chunk of, of a wage bill. Um, but, what I've found is like once you get past that threshold of maybe like 10, 12 employees, different for different industries, then bigger is easier. Um, and bigger is easier because you've got an infrastructure, a team of people around you who do things for you when you're, you know, you know, when you're on a holiday or or you know, when I'm doing a podcast, I've got a team of, you know, 30 staff who are all generating income for me. But the the, the key piece there is that you know, you have to, the challenge, the, the new challenges in that position would be around sort of process, company policies, you know, all that, probably all that sort of red tape crap you would have dealt with within, you know, your own job. That's the stuff you need to put in place as a business owner. Um, and, and each level, you know, there's other levels on from there that present other challenges. But my own opinion is that, you know, being bigger is easier. I just wanted to quickly interrupt the show. I'm actually a big fan of Instagram and some of you will know this already. So if you are not following me on Instagram yet, please do. If you're a broker, follow me. It's at Ashball and drop me a direct message. Tell me that you like the show. I mean, even just screenshot this and tag me into a stories and I'll give you a shout out and I'll follow you back because I love Instagram. I love to see what you guys are up to. I love to um, share extra content on there that's not inside these podcasts. And I, I do a lot on Instagram. So go and check out the Instagram there at Ashborland. The link again is in the show notes. Now let's get back into the podcast. It wouldn't shock me though. I think bigger is easier in, in to be honest, from my own experience with like content is bigger is as in more is easier than less. And I know it sounds really silly, but once you understand the process, it's easier to make more of the same thing. You know, if you think about like, say if you're starting new businesses and the same for, 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 um, for brokers, listen to this, if you're starting new businesses, that's harder. But if you're scaling one thing up and making it bigger and bigger and bigger, that actually becomes a lot easier. You know, it's very easy if you're making a podcast to start, turn that into a video, to turn that into a clip. It's yeah. a lot easier. And actually, 
the reward, the return on the on the investment versus the work is mind-numbingly different, which is one of the reasons why people come and they'll say, how am I everywhere all the time? And it's like, well, because for an extra five minutes, you get like a lot, once you've laid that foundation in, the scaling up is a lot easier than, um, but the hardest bit is getting out the ground, I think, anyway. You know, it's that get that danger zone. Yeah, 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 100%. 100%. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, you, you just, I think you just have to kind of understand that as you as you grow, you're going to need new skills. You're going to, you're going to need your, we talk about like edge team, you're going to need to have different people um, supporting you. And, you know, as you reach sort of bigger thresholds, you're then going to have to, potentially find better people to help you to get to that level as well absolutely so the next question you had the next one you put here is and you see his face like what the hell did i write what did i say <laughs> understand the killer mindset killer mindset needed um needed to, on your to be to own a successful business yeah i think i think this is around i mean i could go into lots of different areas whatever you want it to be around yeah <laughs> we, we've, talked, we've talked about resilience and resilience is key and um it's kind of understanding the 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 rules not rules but the kind of how these things unfold so in particular uh like with property i i i, I used to run a a property company and and I own some uh, portfolio of properties and one of the things one of the byproducts of having a property portfolio um is that you are going to have challenges you know you are going to have um I mean I've had two fires um one of them made the front page of the paper we've <laughs> had uh, theft I've had prostitution prostitution like you name it in terms of a challenge we have had that in that in that particular business and the reality is that is part of the game and once like once you accept that then when that email comes in to say by the way you have that house has been trashed it doesn't bother you because you in your mind like financially i've i've got a plan for that but in my mind i just know that's part of the game and if if i can deal with that if i can deal with that those stresses um, and those challenges, it means there'll be opportunities for me because there'll be a hundred other people out there who've got one or two houses that can't cope with it. Um, so, and, and, it, and it's the same in, in, in business is just understanding that, you know, those ups and downs that we, we talked about on that, on that previous point. Um, and then I think the, the, the kind of the final thing around like the, the killer mindset, I would say is, is to do with um, like attention to detail you know, in particular, one of the things I see, this will probably cover off some of the other points that I've forgotten that I told you about earlier, um, is is around like attention to detail, in particular with finances, you know, and setting out a financial plan um, to to make sure you know, you know, how profitable you're going to be moving forward and, and, and set, you know, set realistic budgets. That, that's the majority of the work I do, as boring as it is, is around sort of financial planning, targets, KPIs, that type of stuff. I think that's stuff that people avoid though as well. It yeah, is stuff that people yeah. really avoid. And I think it's also a lot of the time, um, I mean, some myself working in the creative industry, for example, it's quite like most creatives are not, don't want to do that type of thing. They're very much like, that's not my idea of fun. It's actually what's given me the, given me an edge was being in the financial services originally mm. made me understand that just a little bit more than the most did in that, in my industry. But it is quite funny, those KPIs and those and that killer mindset as well. I really like that because 
when I think about this, I think about this from like a shop front point of view. Like if you're in a shop, automatically they're going to, and the reason I'm saying this, automatically there is spillage automatically factored into mm. these things. And yet I, so when I see many business owners like starting off, they don't factor any of that stuff in, you know, like they don't factor in, for example, me doing weekly calls when I remember first starting out and being like, factoring in going, well, but what about Christmas? What about if they're sick? What about if you don't factor any of that stuff in? And I think then when it comes along, it can cause you like, as you say about killer mindset is resilience. It's, it's a little bit of like a, a weakness. You're like, Oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. And actually, if you know, from day one, it's going to be tough and just keep moving. It'd be easier. I also think it would help people, brokers specifically deal with client, stop dealing with clients who are dickheads that they don't like. A hundred percent. And, and you know, there's that we talk about sacking, sacking clients and um, yeah. like, that's really important. And uh, to, to kind of understand that's acceptable. Um, because and you you'll know this ash but like you'll have clients that just cause you a, they're just a pain in the ass and and it's like what is the energy that you're spending on these clients and you know that that's 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 a drain on your resource when actually by and again this is one of the lessons i learned from uh from from my, my business partner my prop, property ruthless fair fair but ruthless and he would um and he and he's done an amazing job. And he would go to landlords and he would say, These properties are not good enough. And then I'm not accept I'm not accepting them. You need to spend a load of money on them because I'm not putting tenants in those properties because it's it's not good enough. And basically what he's done is he's just absolutely raised the bar on on everything that, that he puts out. And and I, and that that's you know that that's really important. Um it's totally acceptable to sack your clients. Why would you think that people wouldn't do that though? Because I was watching a, a really great interview on um yesterday actually with terry cruz on the stephen bartlett diary of ceo podcast and he had terry cruz on which was really interesting he's getting some crazy people on now mm-hmm. and um terry cruz was talking about amongst a lot of other things he was talking about the um inability that he had to say no yeah you know the, he said he said his therapist he said i went to a therapist and she was like you can say no and he was like no i can't and she was like yes you can <laughs> you know he's talking about different things why do you think that that in as a broker for because you work with some brokers and I you know work with quite a bit of brokers and you've been in the property industry why do, why do we have a problem saying no because I find that when I work with people it's the same thing I'm like why are you working with that person and they'll go oh no, no I've got I've got to I've got to I've got to and, and that's why do you think that is it's probably a, it's a I would say it's a it's, it's a fear of missing out and also it's probably a fear of the backlash of their them potentially you know giving you ne- negative feedback um, and I think. And it's tricky because, you know, ultimately, and we, we, we've done this actually in our community where there was, there was one particular client um, who I won't name, but he, he, wasn't doing, he wasn't doing the work. He wasn't working hard enough. And, and that, that was, from our perspective, we're not, Ross and I had this conversation today. If, if we don't pull him on that, if we don't um, pull him, we're not serving him. Um, and that isn't in line with with our values. You know, our values are, you know, we 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 walk the talk, or you know that that's what we 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 try yeah. to do anyway. But so if we're not holding those people to account, and if we're not expecting, you know, a good level of of um, reciprocal uh, sort of feedback and effort in whatever industry that is, then they need to go. That makes sense. Um, it's it's a. It's, it's an interesting one. It's, it's just one of those things I do my, my, myself have, str- I struggle with it. And I also know that um, many people 
do. And I just, I just think, you know, like sometimes I know I'm just funny with stuff like that. I don't know about yourself. Whenever I've now I'm a lot better at it, but still have to be strong at it. Like even like a client I took on a couple of weeks ago is not in the mortgage space. And I knew she was, I was talking to her, to her and I was like, she's going to be hard work. Like I knew you from straight away. I was like, this is going to, I said to my wife, I was like, I know I, mm. as in like straight away. And we know, <laughs> don't you know, you meet me thinking, Oh, yeah. um, and I had to just lay it like I've had to like be really strong in the meetings going, nope, nope. So how do you find that? Do you, do you have those? <laughs> you can see you like going, yes. <laughs> I, 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 something else popped into my mind. Like, I think I think whatever you, again, my, my, my friend who, who runs a property company, um, he's brilliant in, in that he looks at it that if somebody is causing him pain, whether that's a client or a member of staff, they're messing with his livelihood and that livelihood isn't just him it's his you know it's his it's his family as well and it's also potentially the other people that work within the business um so i think it's about sort of setting those things in your mind that if somebody is causing you grief that what the you know what the what the consequence of that is um and it, yeah same, same with staff members as well if there's if you've got bad eggs in your team then you know they're they're ultimately going to have a, could have a positive, a negative impact on on the rest of your team. Oh, absolutely, yeah. One bad is it one bad apple will rot the bunch like one hundred percent. And I've seen that. I mean, I've been. I mean, to be fair, I've been the bad apple in many companies. That's the problem. <laughs> I used to watch. I'd be the guy. As you saying right at the beginning, I'd be the guy. I I used to just get really wound up that they weren't that that people like the the companies and the corporate companies, the finance space that they couldn't see that they could be a better way of doing it. You know, as in like. Mm. Now I understand now being a bit older and understanding this marketing a little bit, that if you're trying to move, say, for example, I work for Connell's trying to move a company owned one of those lot, one of the largest, in fact, the largest now property company yeah. in the country. That's like trying to move a tanker in the, it's just never yeah. going to happen. And I didn't understand. So I just was like, why can they not understand that social media and digital marketing is that? And I was mm. like, because now I get it as working as a consultant within other industries. And they're like, Oh, they can't turn it doesn't it's yeah. quicker there's so many bits that they can't just go because there's also as you say there what i've noticed with a lot of that there's more to lose and that might be something to, to tap on a little bit with you sort of talking about being bigger yeah it's easier as it gets bigger but it also gets harder to pivot that's the only thing isn't it is the more that you have the more infrastructure of people you have the i've yeah. noticed that the harder it is to go we're going to go this way now because <laughs> you yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, the the upside of that is that if you've built the business on solid foundations and you've got cash reserves uh, and and a and a you know good client base, then even if you do go through a period of time of change where maybe profit, I've just had this conversation with a client actually, um, where profit is is maybe sort of slightly down because you're because you're invest you're investing in change. It doesn't matter because you've got enough, you know, because you're big enough to sort of take that hit from a cash perspective, you know, having enough cash in the bank to be able to to kind of grow and soak up those those challenging periods. It's quite yeah, very true, actually, very true. Final one. You can see your face like, what am I gonna say next? So the final one you said is <laughs> There was something like, else that popped into my mind and I've forgotten now. So uh, maybe well, whatever come comes up, just just yeah, just yeah. Hey, let me tell you this. Just jump in. And um, this is the whole idea. It's just a chat. So um, the final one, what you said here was five mistakes that pretty much all businesses. Now it could be three if you want. I know you said you like the idea of five. You do three, <laughs> uh, but mistakes that business owners make and what to do about them. What what would be your like your kind of the cardinal sins of yeah 
the the ones you see it, often. It, yeah, it, it, easy easy one. Most have um, poor accountants. Poor accountants. It's it's the biggest easy win you'll have in any small business because a good accountant will have a huge impact on on how you how you move forward. Um, and 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 the the error they make is that their accountants. Um, this literally is the same conversation I have with pretty much all of our clients. Is most accountants are reactive at the end of each year, and they will produce a set of books and accounts that reflects the performance of the company. Now. A good accountant will proactively plan with that client, regardless of their size, will will, will proactively plan into the future to help them make the decisions before they start trading in that particular year or period. Just want to interrupt the show quickly to say that if you haven't already subscribed to my free, and that's right, free, it was paid, Mortgage Marketing Blueprint, then you need to do it right now. This is a small course. It's about half an hour long, maybe 40 minutes. I always forget. But it is around that time and it is looking at four areas, that, which is the mortgage marketing, the mortgage pre-appointment, the, the mortgage follow-up, and also how you can use this to convert and get testimonials and referrals. These four stages that I used when I was a broker all hinged around modern marketing and social selling for mortgage brokers. Check it out. We've had so much success with it. Thousands of people have downloaded it. And if you are not one of those, you need to jump on it now. So make sure you download it. Link is in the show notes, or you can go to free.ashborland.com and you will get the blueprint there. So go and do it. And then I'll see you back in the show. So true. I mean, I have a cat. I've got a new accountant now and he does that. Like it's been, it's been the, the difference when shopping around for accountants has blown my mind yep. of, of, of the level of service. And like one of the guys I met was literally just like, yeah, what I do is I save you money. And if you do it right, then, then, um, it was all about saving money on tax, nothing else. And it was not, and it was to be fair, like I actually had got myself not in, not unintentionally as businesses grow, you get into the VAT threshold, you get into these yeah. things you're not realizing. And he didn't really say anything about any of it. Mm. Another guy jumped on and then this guy was like, okay, so you need to watch this. You, you've gone over this amount, which means your child, you're going to have to pay your child benefit back. You've got this, you got, <laughs> he was doing, and he was like, you should not, not about what you should know. He was like, this is why you need an accountant. But then he also yeah. said, what we'll do is fix what you've got. And then moving forward, We'll do a we'll do a quarterly review of where Perfect. you are, what you have, and I I that's quite and then then you jumped on the call with Ross and all of us lot, and you were talking about this, and I was like, I've just got the call with this God great is. guy, and he's just said the same stuff you were saying, yeah, and yeah. it's crazy because I think they're the exception, not the rule, even though they should be, you know, it's I've not met many accountants who have do like approach it in that way, which is very similar to brokers. I've not met many brokers who approach it in a similar way. Yeah, and I think you, you you know just to just to kind of flick the responsibility back to the business owner, it's also down to you to ask the right questions and to, yes. and to challenge these people, you know. And if you're passive, then in that relationship, then you're kind of going to get what you deserve. That, I agree. Sound yeah. A bit ruthless, but, but no, that, I agree. You know, accountant, um, anyone that wants um, me to talk to them about accountants, I'm happy to give you some guidance on that so absolutely um, no yeah go ahead um and so what's another one what's another mistake you um said? just kind of thinking on, on something yeah. definitely um knowing your numbers um and there's two parts to that one is 
is like financial planning. Um, so that would be, uh, and, and people are probably squirming thinking about this, but just really simple, like profit and loss, you know. And when I say profit and loss, that can be back of a fag, you know, packet type thing, you know, income, different types of income. Well, there might be, I don't know, if it's, if you're a broker, it might be related to uh, protection fees. That's one. You might ha- You might charge an application fee and then you might also have commission. So there's your three levels of income, right? In any given month, you know, generally, what am I going to earn uh, on, on an average month? Seven, eight grand, let's say. Okay, great. Right, what is my expenditure? And that goes underneath. And, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a very simple, this is what I think I can earn. These are all my outgoings. Okay, well, is there anything that needs to be removed from there? Um. Is there anything that needs to be added? So if I'm trying to grow, then maybe six months down the line, it might be that I'm going to up my advertising spend. Okay. So if I'm going to spend an extra thousand pound on advertising, what does that mean on the top part, you know, on the income? And it's, it, it really doesn't have to be complex, you know, it, in particular when you're a, a sole trader, but just having that focus, the, the, the simplest Best returns that we've had with with our clients has been around, right, tell me what you're earning. And just focusing on that each month, right, you know, and then having a review each month, right, you know, you said you wanted to get to five and a half grand. Where are you? Well, I'm here. Okay, well, how could you get to that number? What does that number look like? How many mortgage applications do you need to increase your price? Um, You know, do you... uh, do you need to, um, I'm just making this up as I go along. That's good. You know, so, so stuff like that. And, and, and I've seen in, in particular with one client who's not a mortgage broker, we, they, he trebled his income in, in four months, trebled his income. And all that was about was setting a number in which he wanted to go at reverse engineering. That's Ross's favorite term. And then, <laughs> and, then and then adapting and putting a plan in place to take him to, to, to that number. And he absolutely smashed it. I, I met with him yesterday and um, the first thing he, I'm like, right, what did you do last month? And he knows to the penny now because he's dialed in and focused. It's funny you say that about the, um, you say Ross's favorite thing of reverse engineering. But yeah. I actually, I talk about this a lot with what they're saying there. I talk about this with, with um, people when we're looking at marketing and branding goals is I say, you need to set um, unrealistic goals with realistic actions. And yes. the reason why I say that is, and it's, yeah, so it's unrealistic because most people, as you say, like you're saying, if, if most people, if you say, I want to earn say 10 grand a month, most people might be like, they'll set it. I'll, I'll do two and a half. I'll do three. Yep. They'll set a goal that they themselves can't, they know they'll hit or that they think if I work a little bit harder, they'll hit it. Whereas if they set something, and I've said this before, every time you set a goal, it's realistic. You'll hit it way quicker than you possibly could imagine. And yeah. also your goal, I don't know if you feel like this, your goal, I was like, your goal should be, it should scare, you should make, you should feel silly saying it. You know, I said, you yeah, should yeah. feel like when, and people should look at you and go, shut up. Like yeah. it, it should feel like that. And, but then what I think the mistake is, and I say it's like unrealistic goal with realistic actions. In other words, like for myself with my podcast stuff, it was set the goal of being the most, um, I wanted to have the most podcast content in video and audio format on the internet around podcasting, educational yep. content around that. 
that's a massive goal. That's a huge lofty goal. And I was like, okay, cool. So if I do that for five years, I make four pieces of content a day, seven days a week, for five years, that will put me in that situation. Now, the four pieces of content, we talk about skin, very easy to do. But if I looked at that and said, I've got to make like 6,000 pieces of content, I'd be like, well, I'm never going to be able to yeah. do that. You've got to, you've got to set those daily. I think daily, in my opinion, anything less than daily. And it doesn't, you know, why is I, I might, I don't know what your take is that, but I, anything less than daily for me, I think it's not enough. You've got to brush your teeth every day. You've got to do your things every day. Like you've got to push the business forward every day in some yeah. way or another. Yeah. So yeah, that, that, and I, and I think what, what, what I also say to that is quite often people might think that, you know, right. I want to, I want to get to five grand a month for my broker, my broker firm. Okay. And they think that's a huge target or, um, but actually when you, when you then reverse engineer it and you break down actually what that equates to and two mortgages. Yeah. That, that's not that, that's not that great. So a lot of the work I do is with people to say, well, look, you know, this is what it looks like. You know, you, you, and generally I say things like, you know, you're going to piss that. Yeah. Um, and then they start to, to kind of think, oh, actually, well, I can do a bit more. You know, I could do, I could, I could, maybe I could do five of those. And actually that's not that much profit there. So we need to go from five to 10. Um, so it's, it's just kind of playing around with those numbers, seeing where they, you know, where that brings you and what that profit is. But then like you said, ensuring that your actions are aligned with those goals and if they're not and again i've you know i've worked with with clients in the past where they've got these goals and it's like well what are you doing on a daily basis how many calls are you making how many leads have you got you know what's your conversion um you know how much advertising are you doing what are you putting on social and then when you when you understand that it's like well it's obvious you're not going to be successful because you're not doing enough absolutely I've changed it. If you look at the bottom, three mistakes now, because I realized that five's a lot. And also five, well, we've never, we, we way over the time limit. And also we've done two before because we've mm. done like the, the killer mindset and that. <laughs> so what would be your final mistake? You think, obviously there's loads of others there, but the one that you think, you know, we've done, know your numbers, we've no, done, get a good accountant. What would be, you think, the other one? It, it is around, um, and again, people will be squirming with this, but it's around having a plan. And when I say having a plan, it's it's having a um, like a destination in, in mind. And and again, you know, what start with the end in mind. Um, most and most people don't have a plan, and and they don't have a plan because I think most of the time they're overwhelmed by the thought of having to write a business plan, and what they perceive a good business plan to look like. Um, And that, you know, if you haven't got a plan, then how do you know what the actions are to take on a daily basis? You you can't, you're just going to wing it. So it's all about having a business plan. And and one of the, one of the, the work that we do is around simplifying that, stripping it right back, making it simple. Um, Your business plan to kind of, uh, to, to, to give an example of what a business plan should should look like, you you should be able to sit in Costa or in Starbucks or down the pub with your mate and tell tell them describe your business plan, and that's it. It's a no, yeah. Sorry, my, my phone just buzzed up saying that something was wrong on the stream. <laughs> so no I was problem. like, oh crap, um, but it's all good. And I haven't looked at the photo of your stand up desk yet, so we're going to look at that after we finish this. Um, Still need to do that. No, I think the plan is a funny one because people avoid that so much. I remember um, 
it's very difficult. And it's also quite weird because I think most of the time people are just thinking quite, as you said about an accountant being reactive, I think most of the time we are reactive. Yeah. And so to give us any more thought to, to, for us to think any further ahead than where's the next kind of meal coming from is quite hard for many people I find. Yeah. So I, yeah. I think it's a, it's an interesting one. And what the, but then there's nothing worse though. And tell me if this is the case, I'm sure you'll be able to see it, but there's nothing worse I find when I meet somebody who's done really well. And like, say for example, in my line of work, they've done really well with their marketing. I'll bring them on the show and like, tell me all about it. And then I'm really quickly realized they, they've just massively fluked it and there is no plan to dissect have what i mean obviously if you could get under the hood you could see problems but what do you, do you see that with businesses when you work them and they're like i've done really really well and you're like hmm you've done a lot of things good but actually if you had a plan in place you could probably 10x what you've done here yeah. if you do you know what i mean 100 percent. and again there's there's lots of businesses out at lots of people we work with one client in particular they're a they're um eight million um these these are not the typical clients we work with but an eight million pound uh, recruitment company amazingly entrepreneurial the guys like freakishly talented team like no plan or had no plan (laughs) and um you know the conversations we're having with them is around doubling down you know get get into 15 million and actually having um having a, you know, a, a, a simple, you know, just because it's 15, 20, 30 million, you know, that business plan, you know, you can, you can cover that off in five, six bits of paper. That's it. That's all you need. Um, and people will be shaking their head thinking, you know, that can't be possible, but, but, but that's the reality of it. It's a great, um, do you ever follow the guy is Alex Sanfilippo? Not Alex Sanfilippo, Alex Harmozy. Right. Um, have you seen him? No. So you, you, you should check him out. He's okay. quite, he's like this, big business guy on YouTube doing very, very well. He's kind of like taking it by storm at the moment. He's grown multiple businesses to hundreds of millions and stuff, but he's just kind of appeared over the last couple of years. Right. Big in the fitness industry now moving into other things, but he's done a ton of content. He's very kind of real talk around this stuff. Yeah. And one of the things he says, and I love what you said about like, you know, say scaling from eight to 15. He's like, everyone asks about being, and he's talking about your plan, the six pages. He said, everyone talks about like, well, what's the secret to being a millionaire? What's the secret to doing this stuff? And he said, and then they go to these conferences and it's like the secret to being a millionaire. And he mm. said, and they get up and it's said, and the, the guys who are on stage, he said, they'll tell them. So they go, nah, it's not that easy. Can't be yeah. there. And he said, and he said, what it is, and I love what you were talking about scaling stuff. It's all the stuff you've said here. It's got my head spinning on it. He said, it's, he said, successful businesses are ran by nailing down foundational practices every oh. single day. He said, and once you can, he said it, and he said, and you never go above foundation. You do the foundation and then you just, he said, and then if you can do it with one person, you can do it with two. If you can do it with two, you do it with four, you do it with four, you do it with eight. He said, that's how you scale it. You don't yeah. scale it by going some fancy formula that's going to change it. He said, it's just foundations day in, day out and yeah. teach more people. hundred percent consistency. We, we have a call every, every day. My, my business, we have 8.30 without fail every single day. Every Monday we have a, 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 an hour and a half call we cover the same agenda. We report the same numbers. Um, we've got processes in place. When I say a process, a process might be five bullet points. This is how you do it, right? And that's how it operates. And if you, it's, it's, I was thinking about this uh, uh, earlier. It's funny you should say that. Success is actually boring. And it's boring because it's just doing the same stuff every day. You know, you don't, you don't get strong in the gym 
and ripped in the gym by going to the gym once and doing a 12-hour stint. You go every day and you have a maybe a rest day. It's that consistency of lifting the same boring weights and drinking the same <laughs> horrible protein shake. That is what success looks like. And it's also with that, I always love that with the gym analogy because I, I – I've said this to people before, like with me, the podcast stuff, I just rock up and I do these four, three shorts, one video every day. And um, does it get boring? Yes, it does. It yeah. does get boring. There are days where I'm like, I've spoken about this a million times and I'm doing it again. And then I'll do a live stream and I'm like, I'm doing the same thing because I'm just talking about the same thing I spoke about in that one and in that one. But there's a thing about quantity. It's like reps. And this, this thing that annoys me with a lot of people is quality and quality versus quantity. And I think it's in all businesses. And if you think, well, I'd rather have quality over quantity, well, really what you want. And I remember saying one of my friends who's a big, big content creator and very successful business owner in the US, he was like, no, you need to be able to create quality at quantity if you want it to be successful. Yeah. He said, you can't, he said, you can't do like, it's not one or the other. It's not either or. And he said, and you're always, always talking about this. And I think this with anything. It's like with mortgages. You've got to be able to do a good mortgage more than once a month. <laughs> you've got to be, you know, you've got to be able to take that quality and replicate it without, lo without losing bits. And I think where many business owners go wrong or feel uncomfortable with this, this is like that delegating, outsourcing, mm. giving it to somebody else because they're not as good as me. Well, you have oh, to, shit. it's really tough, but it is a thing of, quality and quantity work and the reason i say about the gym is if you go in the gym and you do shit you squat in and it's shit form you're gonna yeah. get you're gonna get sore if you go and you're gonna fuck your body up if you go to the gym though and you do a really great form squat but you do one <laughs> then you're not gonna you know if you're really slow you're not gonna do anything so you've got to have this balance of good form versus good you know good energy yeah, just consistently good. I mean, you don't have to smash it out of the park every day. You just have to be consistently good. And if you do that, you you, you know, you move an average is 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 gonna is gonna continue to grow. So, uh, yeah, we we could carry I could carry on all day about this stuff, Ash. So you better... oh, your batteries die, and so we're gonna round it <laughs> yeah, off. <exactly. laughs> That's fine, Jonathan. Mate, if people want to, um, we'll we'll probably do a catch up one. But if people want to know yep. more about you, where's the best place to go? Yeah, so ascend360.co.uk. Um, we're on socials, um, ascend360 on Facebook and Instagram, and uh, the real Jonathan Mills on the uh, real. Instagram is, is where I where I well, it may, it forces me to be authentic. You see, so I'm not going to be posting stuff. It's not authentic. So that the was actual the real. So ascend360.co.uk is the place Correct. to go, guys. It's on the screen if you're watching it right now. Yep. If not, it will be in the show notes, and um, make sure you check it out. They, awesome. They're doing you guys are doing some amazing work with some awesome brokers. And if you're a broker looking to level up your business, 100% would recommend you. Perfect. Enjoyed it. Awesome. Let's run it out. All right. Thanks.